Chico's gonna give you, what Rev is gonna give you, what Ben is gonna give you, what all three are gonna give you. The Big D. Chico's gonna give you, what Rev is gonna give you, what Ben is gonna give you, what all three are gonna give you. The Big D. Chico, Rev, and Ben, yet they're at it again. Breaking down the team, putting stats up in your head, nothing left unsaid. They're leaving it all on the field. Just like the favorite team, raising two cups and we'll chill. The knowledge isn't real for a trio so true. To representing the great red, white, and blue. And you love them too. That you can't deny, so just one time. Let me hear Dallas till I die. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you. Podcast? Huh. Hey everyone, welcome to Big D After Dark. So glad you're joining us this evening to talk the latest news and notes from FC Dallas, especially a miserable week. One point from three games. We have a lot to commiserate about. Tonight, Ben and Jose are here, and we will take your questions and comments live. Let's get right to it. It's Big D After Dark. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Big D After Dark. I am your host, Nathan Hill. You can follow me on Twitter at Nathan J. Hill. Um, Thanks for joining our little podcast. Of course, we do this live every Monday evening at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. And uh, we have a good time talking about FC Dallas, and we sometimes get a little salty, and that's just how things are. Uh, right there, of course, also with us in the middle there is our buddy Ben Lyon, still unable to get his camera operating, but it's coming soon. Eventually, it's coming soon because of contractual obligations. It, it's, it's not so much I can't get it working. I'm on a different machine. Okay, good. And you can follow him at Bird Turgler uh, on, on Twitter. And there at the end is our buddy Jose at El Chico Carmona. Say hello. Say hello. Good. All right, you did that. Hi. Good. Yeah, we're grateful. And you, of course, can can follow us and find us. Our podcast, the audio version of this, available on a, a lot of services. And I uh, hope you can listen, even if you can't catch us live. But we're, we're grateful. We're grateful that you're taking time out this evening to be with us. Hit us with your comments and questions. We will throw them in. They will direct and shape the conversation tonight. Because we certainly have a lot to get to. And let's start off with... Um, with the uh, the big news, which is, hey, uh, a couple weeks ago we talked uh, about a good week for FC Dallas when FC Dallas had 
10 points from four matches. This week, it's the opposite again. A bad week for FCD. One point from three games. They got crushed at home by Sporting Kansas City, uh, beaten at home soundly by the Seattle Sounders, pun, uh, and then go to Houston, have a fight back, go down one goal, fight back to take the lead 2-1, to one, and then give up the equalizer. A disappointing result, even if uh, a point in an away match has been a kind of a rare thing for FC Dallas of late. So um, we're going to hear from Coach Lucci in just a moment about it. But let's just uh, give us, uh, Ben, Jose, we'll start with this. Just give us your thoughts from the past three games for FC Dallas. Ben, we'll start with you. Well, I mean, first we have to start with the fact that FC Dallas is unbeaten in three on the road. Um and their last three on the road. So things things are looking up, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you take that by itself, that's that's great. That's like a like a hugely positive development. Um, unfortunately, you have to blend in the fact that they lost for the first time at home in over a year and then followed it up with another loss um, in, in two games that honestly, you know, with the ball bouncing a little bit better, they probably probably at least draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the contrast between the, the four games uh, and the nine points and the, the three games and the one point is that LCD played well for uh, long stretches and had nothing to show for it. I mean, they, 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 they really were unable to finish, and I don't know if you want to call it unlucky or, or just something that's haunting them, but in the four-game stretch, you could argue they played badly and managed to get points, but in this current three-game stretch, I thought they played well for many stretches and still found a way to drop the points. You know, I'm not saying that they were they played well every half, but they played well enough, better than the other teams for long enough stretches that the scoreline is, is just unkind, yeah. you know? They, they, they like uh, Ben said, I mean, I remember the Sporting Kansas City game. I, I I still thought they could pull it off when they were down 1-0, but then once they went down 2-0, you just saw their heads drop. That's the first time I recall them where you could visibly see them just sort of say, you know, the wind get taken out of their cells. Mm-hmm. And then uh, against Seattle, I didn't see that. You know, they played like they still thought they could get that point, still maybe get the three, but they just couldn't. You know, and, and yes, it hurts. But let's face it, you, you you lost against two of the best teams in the West right now. It, 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 it's not like they lost to, you know, a bottom-feeding teams. But it's just so hard to accept a loss, a loss at home. You know? mm-hmm. I'm still good with this team. I'm still good with this team. I, I'm getting a little upset with all the people that are pessimistic, and we're only four points out of the playoff spot, despite the results. Despite the results, yeah. And I mean, some of the positives. Love that Pepe got uh, his ninth goal of the season. That's a that's a good that's a good number. And, and to the All Star break. Yeah, heading into the All Star break, and hopefully. He doesn't get overtaxed, um, you know, in the all-star game or anything. And is hungry for more and gets a few more. Um, I think his stock will continue to rise. 
I was certain Shun was going to really break out in one of these games, and he had some really good performances. Was unlikely to not, maybe not get his first MLS goal with off the post. Um, but you know we haven't quite seen it all come together for him at times. Uh, but it's getting there, and he's had some great matches. But um, yeah, we just keep thinking he's going to break out. My big question mark, I think, that is one of and. More so even than the, in the defense, and I, we have seen Tuomasi really, his, his uh, we've seen him decline a bit. He had a great first game when he was in there, but it, I think it was almost like he was hyped up, ready to go. And in these subsequent games, teams have game planned around him. and just I, I was him. Never, I've never been sold on Tuomasi. I know everyone's talking about how good he is and how much, but I, I don't see it. I haven't seen it. I, I think he's got it down. He's got a good balance of coming forward at the right time and coming back on defense. But I just remember him getting beat time after time in, in pretty much all his starts. And the only reason he hasn't gotten burned is because Nikosi has been there to bail him out. You know, I mean, Tafari is on the same side and has been having a monster year. And that's what's kept Tomasi from getting torched. But now, yeah. now you're not seeing that. And now people are saying, well, Tomas, you know, they're coming back down to earth. I'm not saying they're... they're yeah, they what, I think he has. I mean, his first game, he wasn't perfect, but he was energetic, and his athleticism bailed him out a lot. But then subsequent games, it seems like teams have just been like, uh, you know, they've outskilled him, and his skill is just not there yet as a defender but, by any means. But I also want to add that you have to look at who he's been paired up with mm-hmm. on that side. And, you know, with, with Paxton getting dinged up, he's not really getting a lot of help on that side. So it, it, it's I think it's easier for other teams to target him when they don't have yeah. to worry about Paxton phone call on that side of the field. So mm-hmm. that's probably kind of, that's I think that's what's exposed him a little is how much of it was it him playing really well or how, mu- how much was it the guy in front of him playing so well that he just couldn't key on, on Tuomasi. Um, I think that's got to be taken, you know, into into account. It's 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 yeah. I has he given some minutes there that have been vital, um, but we we've definitely seen him exposed, and it hasn't helped the team. Um, yeah, did of course given up I'd a, say a bring penalty. Bring back Justin Che. Give make Justin Che. I, I I don't have a problem with Justin Che starting. I give a rat's ass that he's a center back playing it right back. He's played right back. He's played right wing back in Bayern. He, he's done it at North Texas, and he's doing it at FCD because he can do it. He, he's athletic enough. He's fast enough. Uh, I think he gives you everything that Tuomasa gives you, but just more athletic and faster. And he seems to improve. So I hope Che's given another shot at being the starter because I think, I think he's the guy. I don't mind them rotating, mind you. I think Tomasi brings a lot to the table, but I think if we swap them up, it gives the other teams, uh, keeps them from game planning against one or the other because they each bring different tools to the game. Well, where I was getting, I mean, well, Ben, just, go ahead. Justin, go ahead Shea, Justin Shea wouldn't have, um, he would have started all those games if uh, he hadn't got hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, he's just been, been the opposite trajectory of Tomasi instead of, you know, where you see, you know, Tomasi came out uh, at the Sporting Kansas City game and 
you know, played okay. You know, great, great for a road performance. But, you know, you, you've seen his performance drop off. Whereas, you know, Che, he started out kind of green and, you know, he just got consistently better, you know. Um, you know, capping it off with an assist in the 4 LA route. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's fair to ask. If he'd been healthy the last three games, uh, would FC Dallas have, you know, an extra point or, or six maybe even? Well, and where I was getting to, too, I, I feel like my diagnosis of this team, um, I think we have enough quality in the defense um, to, to not give up as many goals. And for me, it still comes down to the midfield, getting that right combination in the midfield. And I know there's just, you know, we've had to deal with international call-ups and and injuries and all kinds of things but some of it and and sales i mean testament is, is not around um something about it though is is getting the right pieces i i have finally swung to the fence where i think brian acosta is he's not a useless p- player he's he's been a soldier for this team he's battled a lot and he's had moments where he's been good but it, he just doesn't bring the right mix and uh, and i'm not sure at this point, if if he's gonna become that, I don't think he is. I think we've missed uh, we missed Queen on uh, against Houston, um, but uh, you know uh, we we have Cerio out there and, and Cerio offers some things. But it's just this team needs quality there that can really help this defense, who make better decisions and and help out the defense uh, in the long run. So at, that's kind of my thought. And the attack, I should say. I'm yeah. glad you brought up Surio because I, I think that Surio has looked hasn't looked very well in that three game stretch, and and that I think I don't know I, I I think it's it's hurting the team. His performances have you know considering how important his, his role is. I haven't seen anything from him that, that tells me that he can handle being a regular starter. I mean, I forget which which game it was. We were by halftime. We we're like, you need to get him off, get him off, because he's struggling back there. And I don't know. Maybe he's one of these players that 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 needs confidence, like Coleman, you know. And it just seems that that when Cerrillo is playing, you know, his confidence up, he plays like you expect him to play. But when his confidence is down, he just looks like a completely different player. Like he should be out there. So I'm thinking, I'm starting to think that Cerrillo is is a Coleman type player, where you know. It's how's he feeling? How's his confidence? Because honestly, I think his confidence has been down the past couple of games. Yeah, I'm not saying he was horrible, but I'm just saying he wasn't an asset, an asset out, out there. And like you said, but, uh, he only wasn't out there. You could just tell there was a big hole there. And mind you, I like Sirio. I'm just saying. I do too. Yeah. Last, I mean, I think it is hmm. in this last three game stretch, Sirio. Uh, Tuomasi and and the Obreon Vargas combo have, have really let this team down. There's a lot that has let this team down. Um, yeah, and and we have a young attack right now, and it's I think it's fans can grouse about that and be upset about that, but like we're watching these guys grow, and it's not like the veterans have done anything. It's not like. Uh, 
You bring on Obreon, and and you know Obreon has brings something, uh, but it's not like he's been an, a clutch answer for this team, right? But is Obreon really a veteran? I mean, he's like college age. Oh, All right, good point. But he is, Obreon's 26. 25, 26. And, I mean, yeah. Fifth-year fifth senior. <laughs> fifth-year senior. Anyway, I was going to say the veterans, your veterans are your back lines, and they're all injured. Right. Oh, yeah. It, it's hard. It, well, all right. Well, let's let's get to uh, – let's let's go ahead and jump over to Lucci's uh, – some of his post-game comments after the Houston match, uh, kind of how he talked about – the, the roller coaster of that match, and then we'll get into our next question of conversation here. Roller coaster ride. Um, you know, certainly for the, the fans to, to to have heart attacks, but for me, um, I have to be I have to be proud of the guys in their fight in the second half. Uh, we, knew, we, we were not good enough uh, for a good 20, 25 minutes the first half. I thought we were much better the last 15 minutes uh, of, the, of the first half. Uh, we knew Houston was going was, was gonna to come with everything. And uh, we talked about having more pressure on the ball and, and hurting them behind their lines, beating lines, beating their last line. And, and uh, we, we, we weren't doing that effectively. Um, and then they scored, they, we conceded. So again, uh, we come into half knowing that it wasn't good enough and we needed to have a response. Um, and I thought the boys certainly showed that from the beginning of the second half. Um, creating uh, opportunities uh, with pressing and, and putting away chances. So the two, one is hard to hold. And, and, and we knew that here, but we needed to, we needed to hold it. You know um, it's a hard, it's a, it's a weird feeling when at half you would take the tie, but then at some point you're winning. So you, you want to win the game and we weren't able to, to hold the tie. And it was a tough situation with the subs. We were limited because we had to make a first half sub uh, with Brisson. And then we had to make an early sub with, with put, with Jose, our first sub having to come back out, coming in and then coming back out and, and Matt coming in. So I would have liked to maybe have uh, the option to get one more sub in there, but it, it, it was just so fast and and uh, we, we needed to be decisive. And and we felt the guys on the wing had energy and, and the guys in the midfield could could uh, see the game through. But look, I, everyone put on, uh, I felt an honest effort more so in the second half, more consistent, more clear. Uh, in the game plan, um, and, a, and a, again, a, a great response um, to get an important point in, in a place that's not easy to play, and, and that's a team that's, we're, you know, we're both teams that are desperate for points. I, I think you saw both teams go for the game. Even at 2-2, they could have scored. They've got a lot of volume in the box. We could have scored with Jesus' shot there at the end or on a set piece. Um, so, you know, we're going to grab the positives and and uh, rest, and then we have uh, next week to prepare for another Another derby, another Texas derby with, with Austin. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Here, Coach Lucci, take the positives. Um, not that you, get, you know, you don't have a lot of choice. The game ends two-two on the road, and you couldn't find that go-ahead goal, and you gave up uh, the equalizer. Um, uh, but but he identified this slow start, and and I think I want us to get into that a little bit. What is with the slow starts for FC Dallas? It's 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 it's, it's a theme we've seen from this team, especially on the road, but sometimes even at home. Ben, what's with the slow starts? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, honestly, um, maybe it has 
to do with them not pressing more aggressively early in the game. Um, you know, that might be something that they want to uh, look at doing, uh, you know, putting in more of a full court press to start out the game. Uh, of course, that gets tricky whenever your midfielders are constantly being rotated out and Tommy Call gets hurt and Shea gets hurt. And then, you know, in the Houston game, you go through four center backs because <laughs> they get hurt. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, I, I, I think now that they, they have, like, Pepe has usurped Hara, they can actually do that. Um, and they should probably take advantage of that more often. You know, they scored scored a goal off of their press against Houston, like an easy one, um, you know, and a nice easy goal to start the game that, uh, that you know, that that's worked out well for them. That's a good strategy. Use that strategy, coach. I think, I think Richie had a, had a point there in that really his hands were tied as far as the, as the uh, substitutions, because, you know, he's forced to make a substitution for Brisson. And then he's forced to make another substitution for Jose. And he's left with basically one substitution, you know, down the stretch. When you're thinking, hey, this is when he should be bringing in his reserves. He really had no choice in that matter. He, he couldn't really, whatever the game plan was for late in the game, there was, you know, it could not be implemented. And as far as the slow starts, you know, I, it just seems so deliberate to me. It's, it almost seems to me like that's how Lucci wants the team to come out. Like, hey. Let's, you know, let's let's hold back. Let's let the let the, let the Texas Heat beat on them for a half, and the second half will pour it on. You know, I don't agree with it, but I'm just saying it, it's happening so much that you have to start wondering if it's being done on purpose, and it just backfired because, you know, you allow that goal against a team like Sporting, a team like Seattle. Trust me, those guys, those guys know how to shut it down. You know, and especially when you get a team, a young attacking team that's very inconsistent with their shots and has trouble finishing, you know, it just spells doom sometimes, you know. So, and, and like I said, against Houston, just the injuries, just bad luck. I mean, if you would have told me before the game that we would have lost Brisson and Jose to injuries that match, I said, oh, my God, we probably got trounced. You know, I would have just... Thankful that that Tafari or Matt didn't go down because I was like, what's going to happen if that goes down? Mm-hmm. Are you going to bring Justin Che in at center back? I mean, that would just be ridiculous to sub in that many center backs, you know? And just like that, our depth at center back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, um, our. Uh... Our compatriot John Arnold, he asked Tafari about this and about the slow starts of what was going on with that. So let's let's listen to him real quick here. Um, it's something we've been talking about a lot in the locker room or just it's outside. We we oftentimes only kind of play one half and we got to get better. Uh, clearly, it's a 90-minute game. Um, so if we're coming out slow, certainly on the road, it's not going to help us, uh, definitely considering how we normally play on the road. So after the first 20, we were a bit slow and lethargic, even on the ball or without it. Maybe we were kind of feeling that another team wouldn't press or play in this heat, but this team is from this heat. So uh, we were the ones that were moving slow. We weren't really checking our shoulders a lot. Um, and then second half of the first half, we started getting into it, started getting some possession. 
uh, it was a regular with how they were pressing initially with the, the man v man it was different for us. But once we started going long, adjusting our numbers, then we were able to turn them on their back foot and leaving with one point, it's not the best, but uh, I like to be a realist about it. Um, we don't normally get points on the road. So regardless, I think it was definitely a winnable game, but outside of that, it's decent that we at least got the one. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate his perspective there. And, uh, yeah, maybe the, that that piece about hey, we're 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 not expecting Houston to press us here. We're expecting them to sit back a little bit and then not being ready and not being dialed in to adjust when Houston comes at you. And and I think Houston has seen that as much as Dallas has drilled that come out of the back, um, they're vulnerable at times. They're vulnerable because of the injuries. They're vulnerable because you got a guy like Tomasi who's not always going to make the best choice. I mean, so uh, it, it's tough. And even Hollingshead, who's known to kind of, I think he had a giveaway or two in this game that was just like, oh, man, come on. Um, and, and a midfield that's coming in and out. Um, so I, I think Dallas is vulnerable at times uh, in this press, uh, to, to be pressed. And so I think teams are identifying that and going after them. Um, it, it, it's a tough thing, yeah. It, it, but and it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Is it about the mentality of this team, or yeah, as you mentioned, Jose, is it is it about was this what Lucci wants? Lucci wants the team to sort of get their feet under them and then move forward. But sometimes teams aren't going to give you that opportunity, right? Simple as that. Yeah. Well, um, let, let's get let's get into some saltier stuff here, and grateful for everybody listening. Um, uh, and, uh, um, let's get into this. Oh, uh, let me get it back. FC Dallas' season bust. Let's just, let's grade a little bit of where we are with some of this team signings. It's also the word. And specifically this Houston match, Lucci brought in Vargas to give him a start, another rare start for him. He has really fallen off the face of the map. Had a great uh, little bit of a, a game, a game with North Texas SC where he was really just dominated there, but yeah. but can't get on the field. And when he does, as we saw in the first 45 minutes against Houston, it's just not, it's just not good. <laughs> it's just not, he is definitely at least a, a project at best at this point. Um, so let's just start with him. I mean, Vargas is young, but at this point, is he a bust? Is he a guy that you just, if he if he uh, doesn't come back after the offseason, uh, are you fine with that? Or do you think he's worth holding on to? Uh, Jose, what do you think? Well, I, I don't think he's a bust. I, I, I think that realistically... If you had high expectations when he was first signed, uh, that'd be a first. The expectations didn't arrive until he performed well in the preseason, which ultimately doesn't mean anything. Uh, And No, I don't think he's a bust. I think he is what he is. He's a project. He's always been a project. And and he's one of the players that definitely needs that full season under his belt. Uh, The problem for him is that Shun is looking so good on one side, and, and you got Almentahar is looking good. There's there's plenty of young wing talent that you don't want to fall behind because at some point you're going to get buried so far in, in the bench that it won't even matter if you start playing well. 
Um, so I do not think he's a bust. I, I, I'm going to say it's a push. You know, I, I don't, didn't have the expectations that, that some people have placed on him like I did for Obreon, who came in as, as a, you know, a leading goal scorer in, in, his, in the Colombian league. You know, now that guy We'll, we'll get to him. We'll get to him in a minute. But let's just. Well, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Expectation-wise, I did not have the expectations for Vargas that I did for Obreon, for example, another wing guy. So for me, it's a push. It's a clear. He's got issues, shape, stuff going on outside the club, and I think a good year with the team will hopefully give him a shot to to show what he's got next season. Ben, what about you? I mean, he's he's a total bust to me at this point because he looks so good in preseason and has just totally, totally crapped the bed uh, playing for the, the first team. I mean, really, like, the only time I've seen him be kind of good this year was, you know, like the first game of the season and, like, the Seattle game. Um, and really, like, there's enough talent there where, you know, he can turn it around uh, by the end of the year. Which I mean, he has to. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, his loan is not going to get extended. Um, that's, that's, that's I mean, I, I I I can still see him pushing through for the for the last third of the season, and you know, um, uh, you know, turning a corner. But as of right now, yeah, he's a total bust to me. And I want to add to that. My concern was, as you saw, I guess you just. He was playing way too centrally. It gave me it gave me those Mosquera vibes. Where Mosquera would wind up, you know, as a as a as a attacking midfielder instead of on the wing. And he's completely Vargas that is was game completely in his Jesus way. And you saw Chewy had a horrible first half because it was too crowded where he was supposed to be operating. So so I mean that's to me that was the biggest concern with Vargas is is where he was playing. Was he asked to do that because he was way too centrally to, you know, every time you'd see him get the ball and he'd be in the deep middle, and you're like, what is that guy doing there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, this, the, the, yeah, he, he's, and, and thanks, thanks, Hoach, uh, or Hotch, uh, for, for, for joining us, and, uh, yeah, and, and appreciate your comment there, that is he out of shape? Um, you know, is he out of shape? Is he is he does he is he not in form, or is it just he's out of his depth? And I I wish we'd see more time with him with North Texas to get him going, but he I don't know. You know, we just don't know. We don't know. Maybe uh, his loan doesn't preclude that. But let's let's not. So I think he's a bust too at this point. I I don't know that the team is gonna buy, but but he is a project, and so you never know. And maybe he just needs one thing to get going. Let's let's keep going on this. What about Shun at this point? How are we feeling about Shun, Jose? Oh, you know I love Shun. I mean, it, it. Yes, he's had his ups and downs, but I think when you see him on the ball and see some of the things that he does, you know, he looks very comfortable with the ball on his feet. Looks very comfortable going at people. Uh, I think a little snake bit from time to time, but you see where where he's rather frail looking and, and 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 can be pushed around and you know that's just a little growing up i mean you know a, a little year a year with dallas a little in the conditioning room and and maybe he makes that leap next year 
but I like what I see from him. You know, I, you know, I, I'm okay with his occasional downs and struggles because you see his potential there and, and, and you see where with a little more polish, a little more playing time, a little more, uh, physical, you know, uh, time yeah. in the gym where this sure. kid could definitely elevate to another level. Ben, what about you? Oh yeah. I'm excited to see him do more. Um, you know, yeah. With with Paxton out, um, you know, he, he's he's got to start every game, mm-hmm. and you know he's got he's got to he's got to play through it, play through the growing pains, and you know, un, unlike his other wing counterparts, um, you know, at least you're getting you're getting some production to go with, um, you know, his uh, his growing pains. He, he's definitely learning that MLS is a physical league and having to adjust. But, yeah, he's able to do the exciting things like Paxton is that, that we need. Um, all right. Uh, I, I, there's no order to this. I just sort of jotted it down. How about Queen Own? Um, you know, a little bit of an unexpected signing um, with Diago Santos leaving. Also an unexpected departure. How are we feeling about him, uh, Jose? I like Queen I like what he brings to the table. Um, I, I think when he's out there, you can tell that veteran presence that he brings a lot of calm to the team. You know, he helps the team uh, control the center. And, and I think he gambles a little too much for me defensively uh, at times. You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, he seems to good. He, he seems to time it well. But I like that he's brought what he's brought. I think he's definitely our best six out there. And, and uh, I think once I think you only get better. I mean, I think you're starting to see his veteran savvy come through. And, and uh, when he's not when he's not out there, you you can tell he's not out there. You really yeah. miss him. You I think that's him. a sign of a good signing. Ben, what about you? He's had to get used to playing with Surio, who's just reemerged, and playing with Brian Acosta's wild ass who. God, I'm so over Brian Acosta. <laughs> I mean, they really gotta they really gotta narrow down what he does for the team to get yeah. get value out of him. I've been happy with Kenyon. Um, yeah. I, I want him I want him starting pretty much every game going forward, which I know is not possible at the moment. So that's sad. I'm I'm right there with you. I like him too. I think he's started maybe a little rough, but man, he was thrown right in there because. But he's he, he's good. He helps this team. All right, now let's get to a little more controversial here. Maybe Obreon. I mean, at this point, uh, what what are we feeling? He was and keep in mind he was. Uh, I looked up his transfer fee, seven hundred k. Not outrageous. Kind of, you know, MLS tier kind of good. You know, but I think I think he's the bust. I mean, yes, he's. He's fast, and then he brings that to the team, and the team needs his speed, especially late. But at this point, he he looks more like a guy you bring off the bench to run at teams when their legs are tired, and hope he gets lucky. I mean, it's right now he's just not he's too small for the league. He's getting bumped off the ball easily. He there's just so many holes to his game. Uh, he's got the one dimension that'll keep him getting playing time for the rest of the season. But at this point, I he's you know 
on the bench with Hara next to Hara as far as I'm concerned. All you right. know, super subs are best. All right, Ben. Uh, I mean, with him, I didn't know what to have as far as expectations uh, going into this year. Um, so, you know, I basically went off preseason and I was like, well, you know, this guy is fast. Um, but I'd like to see more. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, he's second leading goal scorer on the team. Um, and I, I mean, like, I just... I would say right now he's, he's a bust, but not by much, you know, um, honestly, like if everything is equal and Paxton is back healthy and he becomes, you know, a 20 to 30 minute a game sub, um, you know, I don't think that that it's, it's ridiculous to pay what the club did to bring him in to fill that role. Um, especially with the speed, because his speed is is legitimately impressive. You know, I mean, like he is not like a like a Frank O'Hara level bust <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Agreed. Yeah. I also want I also want to add before I you know I'm not throwing in the towel on him because you guys should got to remember that Barrios also struggled for the first half of the season and and looked like a bust until after the U.S. Open Cup and then after that he took off in the second you know part of the season and, and O'Brien could still do that. O'Brien could still, you know, redeem himself. And, and, and I, you know, I'm, he's a bust right now, but I mean, keep my fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the bust fence too. I mean, I think, uh, yeah. Does could he have a role, but as that sub kind of thing? Yeah, sure. Sure. And maybe some of this is confidence too, for a lot of these guys just to get more things going so they could be more consistent. But um, yeah, you know, and, and our buddy Hawk there says, I think O'Brien would be better in a counter-attacking striker role when we are looking to secure points and park the bus. Sure, and, and I I just think, you know, looking back, 700K, you'd lo- I mean, if it was a little bit cheaper of a buy, maybe you're you're fine with that. But 700K is nothing. Sure, for FC Dallas, though. <laughs> anyway, all right, well, let's, uh, let, let's think, we got to keep this going. I think before you move on, you gotta say that that Barrios simply looks. I mean, uh, Obreon just looks like he's wrong for what the team's trying to do. I mean, like you said, like, like uh, Hotch said, you know, if you're gonna bunker and counter, then he's perfect. But for the type of possession style, hold up play that 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 Lucci wants from his players, you know, that that capability to take players one on one, you see what Shun and Paxton can do on the wings. O'Brien can't give you that, and and he's basically right now he's looking like Pablo, you know, just a player that is good, but it's an assistant that's completely wrong to take advantage of his skills, and and I think that's basically that was a good good uh, thing to point out. Well, all right, this next one uh, should be short and sweet, right? Frank O'Hara. Uh, ben can have this, and I'll just agree with everything he says. Come on, Ben. Worst, worst designated player signing in club history. Oh, by far. bold uh, words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if uh, quite candidly, if he hadn't started any games this year, then FC Dallas would be in a playoff spot right now. Mm. No question in my mind. Absolutely mm. none. And stats back it up. I cannot disagree with that. <laughs> I, I, 
Yeah, I think the stats, yeah, they back it up. And, I mean, he, was, he wasn't available in this Houston game. And, uh, yeah. Come on, Disco, suspend him for the rest of the year. Yeah. But, hey, but hey you know, uh, probably, he's probably on the short list of, of players that you call up to the MLS All-Star game. <laughs> yeah get those get those eyes all right anyway um all right let's let's shift out now the next three are uh more a little more interesting and the first one here it feels tough to grade him with with all that he's faced but jose martinez what are, what are we feeling about him at this point marred by a lot of injuries so it's been tough um but with Tafari's rise, I wonder uh, about his role. You know, going forward, if so, what do you think? Of For me, it's incomplete. I mean, he, he he just can't stay healthy right now, and you don't know if that's a history that he's got, just bad luck. I mean, from when he's been on the field, he's looked rock solid. You know, and everybody's like, oh, this is the guy that's gonna, you know cost Brazan his job. Well, that hasn't happened because he can't stay on the field long enough to, to unseat Brazan. And, and you know, it's incomplete. You know, I like to see the guy get healthy, but if that doesn't change, if at the end of the year we're still talking about all the games he missed, then, then at that point I would declare him a bust based on injuries. I mean, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you can't stay on the field, what yeah. good are you to the team? Is the the old mascara syndrome when he, you know, yeah. when he got out there and got a slew of games and started playing well, well, he'd get injured and then we'd be back to reset button and back to being out of form, out of shape, you know. And that's what's gonna it makes you susceptible to injuries. You know, so you gotta wonder, you gotta wonder if Hedges had been brought out off the bench first for Jose. He would have gone down with injury because you can tell that both of those guys are not 100. percent Ben, what do you think? I mean, I I, uh, I want to see him play more. I, I I thought he was good in the Houston game. I mean, you know, they clawed back with him in the game, yep. and you know, he's a natural left-footed center back. I mean, you know, if you want to play a heavy possession game, then you know it makes sense to have somebody who's either exceptionally two-footed or you know, a left footer playing, playing that left center back role. Um, and I mean, like I, I've seen him play it enough this year where I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, he, he looks, he looks okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I haven't been like super excited about him, but you know, I haven't seen enough of him. Yeah. The, he does. He does look tough. like a really good distributor though, which is exciting. Agreed. I agree. That's the one thing. When he's been on the field, that's the one thing that has been intriguing is his ability to make the accurate passes, long and short. It's it's uh, it, it's a it's a tough one for me because um, I mean yeah it's it, you know it's not like he chooses to get injured so we like I'm, I agree with you guys I'd like to see more, but um, uh, yeah it's just tough I, I don't know if this is gonna be a pattern if it's just a, a, a poor run of luck so yeah I mean I think he's gonna be sticking around it's nice to have. If they'd all get healthy, it's nice to have like three veteran kind of center backs to, to have on the, um, yeah, um, on the bench there, or at least in the mix. Um, 
and 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 our buddy uh, Hodge there is, is is speaking my mind too. You, you know, I, I want to see him play more too. But who would have expected a draft pick would be kicking so much ass in MLS and taking a starting spot away from two big salary defenders? And Kosi is killing it, and I and I agree. It's been the story of the season, and um, and, and it just. You know, and can you even can you even see him not starting any matches going I, I forward? And I can't see it. I can't see him being unseated. I know that's that that's the that's the thing. And so, you know, like is it can one of these defenders get moved over the off season just to give you some some cap space, some flexibility to go out there and look look for something else? But I, you know, I don't know. Uh, or you you go in before guys who are going to compete every week for minutes you know it's just a, a good conundrum all right let's keep going here next guy Ricarte. um it's been over a, a year now with the team we've seen some good moments but he has struggled to get on the field struggled to make a difference it, and i have been a big homer for this guy i just feel like he can also do create great things he can make a difference in the team but i just don't know what's up either when he gets on the field, he plays so deep, so and it doesn't seem to help the team. And I just don't know. I just don't know what's up with this situation. And I think he's here on a loan too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jose, what's your what's your gut on Ricardo? Well, I've been one of his biggest fans since he came to Dallas, and and at this point, it's disappointing. I mean, it's. Uh, I hate to say it, but he has to be seen as a bust because you see what all he's capable of, and then you're just not seeing that production. I, I it makes me wonder if if, if Lucci is not using him properly because, like you said, you see him go uh, too deep, and and instead of where you want him up high, you know, as as a, an, an, a dual eight role or something like that, and you know, and you were seeing that consistently well you're seeing a lot of inconsistency from him that's just it it's it's usually he's a veteran player who shows he's got all the tools and you get a lot of inconsistent play when he is out there and and it's just baffling you know it's baffling and you you start to wonder is it is it what is he being told to come back deep is is what is this being asked of him in in the system is he being misused I don't know. I don't know. But until we get an answer to that, he has to be seen on a bus. I mean, I mean, who's he? He's not even a starter anymore. I mean, you got who's he going to start ahead of? He can't start ahead of Chewy. He can't start ahead of Kion. He can't start ahead of Acosta because, or all the issues people have with Acosta, Acosta plays better and more consistent than Ricardo. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard truth. Ben. Uh, man, I can't wait for Acosta to go away with uh, the Honduran national team again. Um, that's going to open up some minutes for him, you know. And hope, hopefully, hopefully, Quinone and uh, and Surio uh, can offer enough bite to uh, make up for some of his lack of bite. Because man, he is so much better at picking out a pass than Acosta is. Acosta can can deliver a nice long ball. But only when it's it's obvious. I mean, he's Acosta just isn't a very bright player. I don't you think. Mean, don't you mean he could deliver, deliver a nice long ball over the 
post. Was hey, he had a he had a shot on goal. Costa had a shot, one shot on goal against Houston, at least one. Yeah, yeah, but it was a full moon outside. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, Acosta just isn't a very smart player. Um, but you know, if he sees an obvious open player, he can hit him with a long pass. It's really impressive. It's just, you know, you know, inner any kind of traffic into the situation and it just all falls apart for him so quickly. Um, so, you know, Riccardi will get a, a chance here, not this weekend, but the week after that to, you know, maybe remind everybody what he can do. And I tell you, when he's on, he's just so slick. <clears throat> he's great at dribbling out of traffic and, you know, breaking up some of that, you know, mid-block press where, you know, you start have, having players open, um, and he can pick out those passes. He's composed enough to do that. The things that, you know, Acosta would be worth the money if he could do that, but he can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at this point, I think the clock is ticking on him, and uh, and I think the team will probably look at something else. But uh, maybe but he still has an opportunity, and we've seen some spectacular from him. So I hope, I hope. All right. Um, last and a, a little bit interesting uh, is El Medcar. Um, you know, he's a homegrown uh, signing. I mean, we really could we could talk about Che as a newcomer as well, though he. But uh, we we sort of t- discussed him. El Medcar is interesting. Got minutes against Houston, and and you could tell he's he's adjusting to the level. He's been good with North Texas. Um, uh, so you know, I'm I'm excited to see more from him. I'm kind of growing on him. I hope he can grow in confidence and make a difference with this team. Jose, what do you think? Well, I mean, expectations, expectations, expectations. There there were none for him, and just the fact that he's getting minutes and he's showing well, uh, you know, I think he's he's good. You know, for you know, he's basically a rookie. Uh, he's got minutes at uh, North Texas, and like. Most players that get along down to North Texas, he's just too good for that level. He's dominated when he's been down there. And so here's a player that I kind of wish would have gotten loaned out to to your to a European team or something, just, you know, or half season or something like that to get some, some playing time or maybe to the USLC, but that's not happening. And with the inconsistent play from the guys ahead of him, you know, you see why they didn't do it because they're like, hey, we can get him playing times here. He won't be a starter, but he'll definitely get minutes off the bench just because you've got two good wing players and then a lot of question marks after that. And by two good wing players, I'm talking about Shun and, and Paxton, you know? So after that, it's a free-for-all to see who gets the other minutes, and, and he's got as good a shot as anybody else. Uh, like I said, a rookie, you got to like where he's at for a rookie. So I think he's a good sign. Good, good, good stuff. Ben? I mean, 50K a TAM, you know, and the, the rest of the wing options are a total mess. So, you know, I hope he kills it over the, the next couple of months. He really uh, he really finds another gear. I mean, I think it's kind of kind of unfortunate that <laughs> he, he's, he's gotten as many minutes as he's had so far this year. Not that he's gotten a lot. He's only got 69 minutes, but you know, um, you know, 50, 50k for a supplemental roster spot. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, and 
And with the way this roster is right now, I mean, the, there's there's an opportunity in all the in a lot of these matches coming up. They're going to be fighting for every point. I think there's an opportunity for a guy like that to to carve out a little role to to make a difference, to make his name, to to state a case that he has a role, you know, next season. But uh, it's so yeah, why not? Why not the the kid from Delaware? It's it's good stuff, good stuff. Well, um, the uh, of course we invite everyone to uh, check us out at BigDSoccer.com. Um, a lot of good commentary. We'll enjoy All Star Week. We wish Pepe the best. Um, wish him a, a good and hopefully he's he's participating in the skills challenge too. I believe so that should be fun. To, to check out but uh also you know the team will be traveling to austin to play uh at austin and a, a big match uh of course fc dallas needs points but austin's it demolished portland at home good for them and uh looking better their their new signing their striker um our buddy jason poon said that the, the guy is looking really good looking early returns are looking really good so we expect a tough, a tough match. Austin's not going to go easily into the Knights, but FC Dallas needs points. So a lot to look forward to this week. Uh, we won't bother with with predictions at this point. Let's just uh, let's go into the unknown and let's hope FC Dallas rests up and gets healthy and is ready. All right, uh, Jose Ben, you're great. Hold on, hold on. Oh, oh okay. Find everybody. North Texas SC. They're on that seven match unbeaten run they're currently in the middle of a brutal three road three match road stretch against the top two teams in usl league one and of course the the mingos uh el pasco two of those matches down they got a draw against chattanooga they got a draw at madison and now this saturday they play against union omaha currently the number two team who if Union wins, they become the number one team in USL League One. Anyway, any points, if North Texas can get a point against Union Omaha, they'll be in the driver's seat for the three seed in the playoffs mm. with 10 games to go, as they will have five home games, five road games, and three of those road games are against the three bottom teams in the league. So this right. seven-match run could become a steamroller and you could see the North Texas that we saw at the end of last season and for most of the first season where they got cranking, they got getting points, they got draws and wins down the stretch. You're seeing that happen right now. That team is clicking and uh, honestly, the the game against Union Omaha is probably their last tough game remaining right now. If they can, If they can get a point out of this, great. If they get three points, then I would say look out. A, a, a three-point win against Union Omaha at home where they're almost unbeatable, then you need to start wondering if they can make a run to the number one or number All two right. seed. Okay. But a draw a draw is more likely, and a run for a number three seed is, is very possible right now. Sounds good. A lot, a lot of good soccer to watch right now. Um, enjoy that ESPN Plus subscription. All right, watch some North Texas. Okay. No L no L Medcar this weekend though. Or or or, or go, go 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 mesh. Go mesh may have to play That's with right. you, guys, you guys are good. <laughs> Salas got a couple of starts. This Gabriel kid, this number nine they got from uh the same place they got Gomez from, has been a pure 
you know, hold up nine out there, a target player. He's looked the part, he's played the part, and he's he's made a difference. I, I yeah, just that, that guy can post up for sure. Yes, yes, and and you see him up, and you're like, wow, this this kid's got something, you know. Mm-hmm. So yes, I think I think they're just clicking as a team. Yeah. Get the individual players as a team. That team is clicking. They're on a roll, and they just simply look like a fun team to watch and show. That's fun. Well, let's leave it there. Um, thank you everybody for joining us. Have a great rest of your week. Um, we will see you soon. All right, go FC Dallas. Go FC Dallas. Beat Austin. Yeah, good night. Austin's hipster D bags. That's right. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night.